Would you pray with me? Lord God, we are grateful for the gift of the church, for the gift of church family, of community, of the opportunity to know one another, know another human being, another group of human beings on a deeper level, a spiritual level. Lord, help us to understand how important that need is for us to be connecting with one another, being the body of Christ together and to one another. To that end, Lord, today I pray that you would pour upon me the gift of preaching, that my very frail and broken and human words might, by the power of your Holy Spirit, become your living word, uniquely crafted for each and every one of our hearts. We pray it with confidence, for we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, the first thing I need to say is in light of Kelly's worship as a child, I think each of you that we need to minimally give and match the generosity level of what they're doing because they were giving, what, a third to themselves, (laughs) a third uh, to savings and a third, right, to God. So just be thinking about that as you're filling out your estimate of giving. I'll never forget the first semester of my freshman year at Texas A&M University. It was the fall of 1982. I was in a dorm room away from family for the first time. I had a roommate that I was only, it was a stranger, right? So I didn't know him well. I was in an unusual position because I was uh, late getting to the dorms. And so they had tried this creative thing at A&M where they thought, oh, this is a great idea. We'll put non-reg students, non-core students on the first two floors of the dorm. And we'll put core members on the second two floors of the dorm. This was two radically different lifestyles, as you can imagine. It was the first time that I had ever been away from my friends, from my family. Uh, I did have some friends at A&M, but they lived completely on the other side of campus. I was over where the core cadets stayed. So my dorm life, you might say, had an alien quality to it. I, I think for the first time, I felt really alone. I had bouts of loneliness like I had never experienced before in my life. And if you read about statistics around this, this is not unusual. A lot of freshman students going to college experience some depression and loneliness as they transition. Particularly, I felt this with the poignant news. I I felt it in a poignant way with the news of the birth of my niece, Sarah. Um, More than ever, I felt the weight of each one of those 190 miles that separated me from my family. I longed for the deep connection that my family was having with one another over the birth of Sarah, but I couldn't be there because it was late September of my first semester in school. Um, Yet, here I was, right, stuck in a dorm Uh, with a roommate that I really didn't like or know well. I was surrounded by a sea of uniformed cadets in a constant state of running, screaming, and sweating. The experience was visceral, right? I mean, 40 years later, it still kind of makes me, I can remember the feeling. I don't know if you have moments like that in your life. But as a result of that semester, as I turned 19 years old, I learned that I needed community. And in particular, I learned that I needed Christian community. Our fall series this year is entitled, It Is Well With My Soul. How are we to live for it to be well with our souls? What do I mean by well with my soul? 
Well, it's what I was talking about last week when I was talking about living in God's story while we live in the world's story. Remember, I was saying we have to go out into the world every day, but that Jesus says God's kingdom can be within us. And so we can take God's story within us and go out into the world and live into the principles, the traits, the values of the kingdom in a world that really sees those traits and values in an alien way. So it's not an easy calling that God has for us. But when we do that, I believe it becomes well with our soul, right? Um, So it means being healthy and whole as a human being. It means living a contented life, a life that recognizes our need for one another, a life that overflows with generosity toward others, one that's willing to serve rather than be served. And to live such a kingdom-focused life is almost impossible on our own because we are immersed in a story that highlights the very opposite values. A lifestyle of rugged self-reliance and self-centeredness. A story that's all about competition and winning. Over time, we learn firsthand that a culture that celebrates self-centeredness, competition, and winning at all costs erodes community. It doesn't build it. And connection. And it leaves an epidemic of loneliness in its wake. Just last week, U.S. Surgeon General... Vivek Murthy spoke to the Yale School of Management about the epidemic of loneliness in our society today. He says, we are talking fundamentally about the foundation of human society. It's built on relationships. And that founding is eroding. People all across America know that something is not right. It's a symptom of a deeper pain and unrest that people are feeling inside. Karen Guzman wrote an article about the event and shared these statistics. Murthy pointed to a 2018 to 20 survey that reveals 60% of Americans, 60% struggle with loneliness. That figure climbs to 75% among younger people. Loneliness poses real threats to both mental and physical health, Murthy said. Among them, higher risks of depression, anxiety, cardiovascular illness, dementia, and sleep disturbances. It is both common and consequential. And that is one of the reasons why I wanted to raise the alarm that this is a public health issue. Let's not miss this, right? The stats are overwhelming when you think about it. Not only in the percentage of the population that's struggling with loneliness, but in the devastating impact that it has on all areas of life. And so, right, we need to be allowing that to kind of roll over us, to hit within us as we think about our own life, but also as we think about our society, the health, right, of our society around us. But loneliness is nothing new. The ache of our loneliness is an echo of the very first crisis recorded in the Bible. It's a crisis of community. And God says it is not good for man to be alone. Even though Adam had relationship with God, God is saying we also need meaningful relationship with one another. Right? There are those people, and I can't tell you how often I hear it, you know, oh, I can have a relationship with God by myself. I don't need any of you to do that. That is absolutely unscriptural. 
it's just not what Scripture teaches. It's a very American version of Christianity, right? The self-reliant, individualistic version. But really, Scripture teaches a very different story. Um, And the gospel, of course, is God's greatest evidence of that. In the gospel, when Christ became one of us, he became one of us to show us Number one, to save us and redeem us, right? So God, he made our relationship with God right, but he also came to show us what it means to serve one another, right? Um, Greater love hath any man than this, right? That they lay down their lives for their brothers and sisters. Jesus lived a life of community in community. And so our relationship with God and our relationship with others is fundamental to the life to which God calls us. Pondering this, Erwin Lutzer writes this, One day I was meditating on what it would be like to be confined to a planet for the rest of your life with enough food, with enough water, and all the things you need for survival, but you were totally, completely alone. Cut off from other humans, cut off from God. Do that sometime, and you will agree that it would be hell to exist alone. We all need connections. It's true, right? We do know that we need meaningful connection to others, particularly with God as a Christian and with other Christians. For we do not do well when we're on our own too long. Medical News Today had an article on how isolation can lead to mental illness. It stated that social connection is crucial, both for mental and physical health, as the U.S. Surgeon General was saying. Some of the mental health risks associated with loneliness and isolation may include depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, suicide, dementia, Alzheimer's disease. And here are some signs and symptoms of how our mental health declines in isolation. We have feelings of depression and anxiety, aggressive behavior, passive attitude, poor sleep quality, cognitive decline, altered memory, Poor self-care and self-neglect. I personally know someone who years ago isolated himself from family and from others. As the years passed, his mental health declined dramatically. We watched it happen. He's now unable to be in relationship with other people, nor to care for himself or others. He's in a health, a mental health crisis, and it's leading to a physical health crisis for him. And when we consider how many of these signs are showing up in our public life and in discourse, we're seeing firsthand how loneliness can affect us all and that it's a clarion call for our society to find meaningful community again, right? And this is where I think the church needs to be on the front lines, right? We need to be demonstrating and asking and engaging our friends and inviting them into community. Because that is what, right, that's going to be one of the key steps to the healing of the society in which we find ourselves in right now. As we consider this, it's important to recognize that the very traits of self-reliance and competition that the world story relies upon are also traits that strongly contribute to human loneliness. So as we begin this series, let us reaffirm that spiritual community is fundamental to God's story, right? If we're going to live in God's story in the midst of the world's story, spiritual community is fundamental to that. We need that community that provides meaningful connections 
where we feel we are seen and understood by other people and where we can truly be ourselves. In its best form, Christian community is the place, I think one of the only places where we can truly be ourselves. Because we can all acknowledge that we are sinners saved by grace. And what that does is that gets the whole imperfect thing on the table. We're all imperfect. We all struggle. We all have issues. But out in the world, oftentimes the communities we find ourselves in, it's a, it's a game of sorts where we don't admit any of those things, right? We try to uh, outdo one another or find, be the one with the most prestige in the group. It's just built on a different premise. And so I really want you to think about that and be considering that um, as you think about some of the, the opportunities we're giving you this fall uh, to re-engage with community. And so... Um, As part of that, right, it's crucial for each of us to understand that the innate weakness of the story in which we find ourselves in, we need to remember that innate weakness, that it doesn't lend itself to to our health. It lends itself to loneliness. And to remember, for it to be well with our soul, we must be committed to regaining our spiritual health. In light of this, the goal of many of St. Andrew's offerings this fall, and you're probably noticing, involves reconnecting as a church family in community. So I just want to take a moment to highlight a few of those this morning. Um, As I said at the beginning, each of you should have received a Worship Plus Two postcard this morning. Um, If you would, take a few minutes to put your name on it. And just, if there's nothing on there that you're doing or something you want to do differently, you can write it on there as well. Um, But be thinking about that and feeling it out. Um, The worship part of the Worship Plus Two, uh, one crucial way we can stay connected as a church is through in-person worship, right? We're so glad you're worshiping with us virtually, those of you who are. But we're hopeful that we're going to reconnect with in-person worship attendance. And to jumpstart this, right, we have the four out of five challenge for October, um, which is really saying we have five Sundays in October, And so let's just pick four of those Sundays and commit to be here, right? So that we can kind of re-engage with the habits that we need to be more regularly coming to in-person worship. Not only is it good to to change your habits, but it's also good to reconnect with people. And we're going to have, if you look in the bulletin under Come Home, the 4 out of 5 challenge, it's in the bulletin today, you can see some of the things that will be happening during the month of October to go along with this. So you have the worship part that we're really encouraging toward, and then the plus two part, right? Growing inwardly and growing outwardly. Growing inwardly in our discipleship, uh, in our spirituality, in our maturity, and growing outwardly as we serve others. And so if you'll fill out that card, the ushers at the doors on the way out are going to have a basket, and you can just put your name on it, fill it out, and then drop those in the basket on the way out. The second piece that we're really uh, pushing, we, we, we're beginning to advertise, are home groups. What are home groups? Well, home groups are opportunities to meet in a home, uh, usually in a home, um, during the week, and to form a sub-community within this larger community where you really find authenticity and connection and can grow spiritually together. In, in a sense, home groups are like a, the mini-church. It's like your first church in this church. I mean, think about this, and there's a group that I've been meeting with for years. Um, I can tell you that if any member of that group, if something happens to one of them, if they're sick, if, if they get into an accident, if 
they need something, that group of people are going to be their first line of defense. Those people are going to be the ones stepping up to bring meals, to visit them in the hospital. That's the beauty of finding authentic community. But it creates sacrifice, right? We have to sacrifice in order to prioritize it to make it happen. And so here's what our home groups are going to look like. And we're offering six or eight of them. We already have a good group of people who are committing to them. But I really want to invite you into it as well. Um, If you are interested, you can contact Amy Smith. She would love to talk to you and help you uh, think about that. But this is the thing, right? We need to get to that next level of community in our life. And so what the rhythm looks like is the first week, every week you have some kind of a, I don't know if you start with a happy hour, but it's that kind of a thing, right? It's drinks and, and finger foods or something, and you have some fellowship. And then the first week, you just share more deeply about life, and you pray for one another, like in, someone will pray over the concerns that are shared. But it's an opportunity to share more deeply if you want. You don't have to, so that you can get to know each other. The second week is kind of the happy hour plus the study that we're doing, and we're all doing uh, the same study, and it's on uh, vocation and community. Um, and then the third week is a shared meal together. And, and so you would have actually a sit-down meal, and that would be all you would do, is be together and grow in your relationship. And then the fourth Sunday, once again, is kind of happy hour plus the study. And so there's a rhythm to the month. You don't have to be there every week. Uh, what we find is that people come as often as they can, but over time, even if you're coming twice a month or even once a month, you're going to get to know people over time. That relationship is going to build, and your relationship to one another and God will grow stronger. And so these are some of the ways that we're trying to really help um, not only us find connection and to combat the isolation and loneliness that many of us have found during COVID, but also a way for us to grow and understand by helping one another, right, in our discipleship, understanding what it means to live God's story in the midst of the world's story. And that's the it is well with my soul, right, that we're hoping to find that we can have and experience that in our life. And so today, since it's Dedication Sunday, I'm asking you to rededicate your life to following Jesus and to determine to live in God's story as you live in the world's. As part of this, respond to God by turning in your estimate of giving. You can do that easily online. You can call Maria. You can email me. There's all kinds of ways you can do that. And by prioritizing worship plus two. Take the four out of five challenge in October. Choose ways to grow outwardly and inwardly. Make the sacrifices necessary to join a home group. Consider that. For to regain our spiritual health, we need one another. And more, we need a particular type of relationship with one another. And to make room for this type of meaningful connection, it's going to take sacrifice and to some extent a reprioritization of our lives. This is what God is asking of us. It's what he's always asked, really. The one thing I can promise you is this, as you make the sacrifices we've spoken of to embrace God's story as you live in the world's story, you will not be disappointed. For believe it or not, God knows what he's doing. His relationship with us is where life itself is found. The way I put it before is when we walk with Christ and we live in Christian community, we are experiencing life in the midst of existence. Life in the midst 
of existence. Our world that doesn't know the Lord, they experience existence, they exist, but they don't experience the life that he promises. But here's the thing, and it's been this way from the very beginning of humanity's relationship with God. Faith is required. Faith is required. Sacrifices are necessary to enjoy the abundant life that God promises. And so in this season of stewardship, in this season as we begin to really focus and talk about over the coming between now and Advent, we're going to be talking about community and God's call to community and what that looks like. Be prayerful. Be thoughtful. Ask God, how can I increase my faith? How can I consider making some changes in the landscape of my life in order to prioritize this and to really experiment with God and let God show you what deep and authentic community can do in your life. That's my prayer for all of us this season. We need to come back together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.